in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the new live-action film, Cruella. This is a prequel movie by Disney, in which we kind of see the, uh, the way in which Cruella became Cruella. Uh, this is written by Dana Fox and Tony McNamara and directed by Craig Gillespie. So obviously for a lot of people out there, when it comes to Disney, uh, 101 and Dalmatians is a, a classic. Most people have seen, and if they haven't seen the animated version, they might have seen the live action uh, version that came out back in the 90s when we had yep. Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille. Uh, and there was the sequel at was not so good, 102 Dalmatians. But, uh, you know, a couple years ago uh, in this, uh, you know, slate of these live action movies that Disney's been doing, they had Maleficent come out and, uh, you know, it did well enough that it got a sequel. I thought the movie was terrible, so I didn't even bother seeing the sequel. But, uh, <laughs> but this review is not about that. <laughs> no, this is about Cruella. So yeah. this was unique that we were getting these hints of, oh, there's going to be this kind of uh, prequel movie of how, how, how did Cruella develop become this, you know, famous villain that uh, wants puppies to make a coat and, you know, her larger than life uh, love of fashion and all that stuff. And of course, the fabulous black and white hair. So, Taylor, we got word that Emma Stone was going to be cast as Cruella and you know, trailers started coming out. And finally, after the pandemic, we're getting these movies coming out. And now this movie has released and, uh, you know, we both got to see it. This is a non-spoiler review, but... Um, I think a lot of people were uh, more impressed than they thought, or they came in maybe with lower expectations and uh, were pleasantly surprised by this film. You know, I think it has a lot more to it than a lot of these remakes that have been coming out from Disney. A lot of them have been pretty meh or kind of lame. Yeah, subpar. This say. was something fresh. I feel like it was kind of a fresh formula to, you know, to see what this character could be like a little backstory exploration. So Without going to spoiler territory, what was kind of like your overall thoughts of this film? Well, I am a huge Emma Stone fan, so I was uh, very excited to see what she would bring to the role. And, and if you need another reason to be a fan of Emma Stone, look no further than this film. Uh, I think with, with other characters like Maleficent and, and other maybe villains that they could do, there's, there's a little bit more understanding of where it's going to go, where a character like Cruella you don't really have much backstory. There's not a much. I mean, she kind of comes in in the animated version, uh, the, orig the original, the OG in 1961. She kind of, she is a very large in life character. And like, but you know, you realize she personifies excess and evil and, and, and why. So when you do these films where you make the villain sympathetic and, or at least give their motivations for how they got to where they are, this film does a very good job doing it. What really struck out to me not only was, again, you know, she's a fashionista. She's this up-and-coming fashion designer. They went all out on the clothing. I thought the clothing was great. Also, it was very smart to set this uh, in, you know, the height of, you know, fashion um, during the 60s and 70s. Um, I think that was, like, very smart to do in terms of setting up 
you know, where she would eventually end up. Uh, and so I thought the, the plot was really good. I thought it, it flowed well. Uh, what really struck out to me was the soundtrack. And I was there. I've not been impressed by a soundtrack. I don't think Disney has had a soundtrack like this since maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. I think just such a really great fitting collection of songs where not only they're great songs, but they fit with the time period. They fit with the setting, the atmosphere and the tone of the film. Uh, you know, this kind of just the, the, the height of fashion, the rock and roll, the psychedelicness. I thought it was really great. So that really was like, I found myself listening to the soundtrack after the film because I was still in that vibe. Yeah, we usually don't get a, a movie from Disney with a lot of like already made songs, especially punk rock or uh, pop or rock at all. Uh, you know, usually it's a score and then it's the Disney songs. Um, so that was very unique for this film that there was uh, a bunch of famous songs from this era. And, you know, a big part of this plot is kind of the, you know, the the snotty, upper tight uh, old ways and our character of Corella kind of being very uh, uh, creative and uh exploring new avenues and new ways to create her fashion uh, to the point where, of course, people catch on and they're like, this is really edgy and it's really cool. And so it goes to this whole, you know, she's she's kind of this character, the way they kind of describe her is she has somewhat of like an inner darkness about her, something that, uh, you know, she has to kind of put a cap on, if you will. So she goes by the name of Estella. And when she's Estella, she's kind of your more, uh, you know, normal girl trying to get a job and all this stuff. And then there's these moments where her real inner, you know, darkness comes out. And that is her Cruella side. So a little bit of a little Jekyll and Hyde ish, but it's not like it's not like all of a sudden she becomes like a full on, you know, bitch. Or no, anything. she's something she struggled with from the beginning. And of course, later in the plot, we kind of, you know, find out a little bit more why. But it's something from from birth. And I think that yeah. was just kind of funny. Also, like. Her hair is is natural and, and, and kind of like I thought that was kind of funny. So she has this duality that she faces with from the very beginning uh, throughout the film. And so I thought that was really, really well done. I like the the actress who played the young uh, Cruella until she gets into her like her later years um, played by Emma Stone. Uh, I was really excited to see also the origins of other characters that, you know, we get little callbacks to uh, in terms of, you know, the bumbling henchmen of Jasper and Horace, which I thought that was great. Um, You know, kind of seeing just more like still images before the film came out and then other things. I thought there was going to be a lot more direct ties to Hunter on Dimensions. I was glad there wasn't. Um, There was, of course, a lot of good nods to what eventually we would get a lot of Easter eggs in this film. If you're Tons. a fan of 101 Dalmatians, um, which that, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, Joel Fry and Paul Walter Hauser, who um, we've seen in plenty of things, you know, Joel Fry uh, things from game of Thrones to uh, that great Beatles movie that we saw, you know, or the one guy is the only one that remembers the Beatles exist. And he was like the, he was like the best friend uh, who went along with them as the, like the roadie. Yeah. And then, you know, Paul Walter Hauser, oh, I mean, he, what a tremendous career. I mean, look at Richard Jules this is past year and he Cobra Kai, uh, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. and uh, uh, I, Tanya, I mean, he's been in so many things. So uh, well cast for these two. And, you know, in the in the cartoon, they really are just kind of like two bumbling, you know, henchmen. They're not really there's not a lot of depth to the character. No. <laughs> just one one's tall and skinny. One's, one's one, yeah, it's the typical like uh, Abbott and Costello kind of you know situation. 
they definitely give you a lot more to uh, chew on in this film. Uh, you know, a little pun there for the fact that it's all about dogs. But, um, you know, they kind of there's a bit of more of a backstory of how Corella and Jasper and Horace are more like a little family. And it, it, the thing that was interesting to me, though, is when we talked about after, you know, we both saw it this weekend was I was thinking of the animated movie. I'm going, OK, in that movie, to me, Corella looks like she's like 55 or something. And then Jasper and Horace might be like in their late 40s or something. And then Anita and Roger got to be like mid 20s, early 30s. And in this movie, again, these, these, trying to make this world a bit of a creative license of everything. It's like everyone's the same age. And like Roger is we have this character of the Baroness, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Roger is the Baroness's lawyer. And then Anita went to school with Estella slash Corella. So there's like a lot of these characters are the exact same age or same age range, which to me, if they're going to move forward with the sequel, which apparently they're going to, I don't know how it's going to play out because it doesn't work for me. The time age well, gap. I think if know. they do a, I do, do, do a sequel, it won't be directly tied into Hunter Wild Animations. It'd be like Hunter Wild Animations would be the culmination. But when I said to Chris, is like, Corel does look like she's an old, old, very old lady when it comes to the animated movie. But I said, you know, <laughs> She's all smoking in that film. So I think she smokes like a chimney. Deal. And yeah. I think I did read that uh, the reason why there was no smoking in this movie from Cruella is there's something that Disney's now doing where they don't want any smoking in their movies, which I'm like, on the one side, I go, okay, that's a, you know, a nice thing in some ways, promoting health and all that. But at the same time, it's the character that's, that's what she's done forever. I mean, so you have to retroactively change every yeah. other uh, Disney film. So. Well, we got we got to talk about here. Uh, you know, our other real main character of this film, uh, our our villain character, if you will, is the uh, the one and only Emma Thompson here oh. playing the Baroness von Hellman. She is this uh, uh, you know ruler, if you will, of, of this kingdom of this of the fashion world. She is the top dog uh, in London, and of course, being someone that has a huge industry and huge business. Uh, something that Estella you know, longs to be, even though she's come from this weird past and she has these problems and she kind of got into thievery with her friends, Jasper and Horace. She still has always longed to be a fashion designer. And she's like, you know, that's my dream job is if I could work for this group. And of course, uh, as in any movie, things happen where she gets you know, opportunities to do that. But Emma Thompson kind of plays the really like, uh, narcissistic, very uh, uptight, very full of herself, but very comical at the same time. Just snooty, upper class. Uh, she is the. She is the. This is like this is the you know role like Meryl Streep played in Devil's Prada. She is playing. You know, it's pretty much. No, I totally. Uh, I agree with you that um, a lot of people have compared this to being a Devil Wears Prada type movie, which makes sense because it is kind of the. The experienced woman who is, uh, you know, revered for her line of work and her position and a little feared for, uh, you know, the type of stuff she does around the workplace takes uh, the liking of a pupil, starts taking her a wing. And then, you know, obviously uh, more and more things are revealed and this more goes on. But, you know, this movie, apart from having a, you know, dynamite cast and we saw soundtrack, you did nail on the head there, Taylor. This movie is all about fashion and they, they did not, uh, you know, go low budget here uh they put a lot of money into the work of the clothes that you see not just the everyday clothes but especially all these dresses and you know uh the fashion things you see some of these things are like nuts especially as we uh, as emma stone's Cruella character 
really gets inventive throughout the movie. There's some really cool, uh, you know, clothing items that you're yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, they say clothes make the man or make the woman. Uh, she looked, you know, dynamite. Everyone in the, especially a lot, I mean, a lot of the scenes towards later in the film where they're um, dressed a certain way or for different balls or parties, it's amazing. And I was just really, really just, just wow and dazzled to see just, you know, what they could come up with. And I haven't seen a live action movie with this kind of, you know, costume design since being the beast. So I was mm. really, really impressed by this. They definitely went for broke. Yeah, they did. So, you know, I would say overall, I really enjoyed it, but I did think it was a tad long. I agree. Maybe, maybe 25 minutes shorter. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a good two hours and 15 minutes long. And, uh, there's parts where you feel it. Um, so I think a little snip snip would have done the movie a little better, but you know, obviously that's their, their choice, but they, they really went full out here with giving you a movie. It does, you know, if, if you're kind of looking at going, I don't really know about it. Um, I think it'll surprise you. And it's already getting talks of a, as we mentioned, a second film. And actually this is kind of fun as you and I, of course, had our uh, episode on the Godfather last year. Um, the reason I bring that up is Glenn Close was one of the, I think the producer, ex- executive producer, something along for this move movie and um she's actually brought up the idea that there should be a godfather part two type movie that could be both a kind of sequel slash prequel so we can see the continuation of this corella at her age starting her brand and you know starting to see what else you know kind of becoming more of really corella deville and then you could have glenn close be Cruella de Vil again in her older years pre 101 Dalmatians and they can kind of show the titan of industry as she's becoming you know the the real mega super villain that she you know she does one day and we could and you you, you kind of end it maybe like right where 101 Dalmatians you know begins yeah. or it would be yeah and I think Cru- um, Cruella <laughs> Glenn Close I think of all the films she's done I mean that is kind of like Sanat she that's she did such a great job and I think you know, the original live action one in 96, it came out. Uh, No, not like an amazing film, but she definitely was the highlight of that film. And that's, you know, she really hammed it up in the screen, but at the age she's at now, she could still kill it as Cruella. She could still do it. And I feel like that is definitely the point is, you know, Glenn Close, an Oscar winning actress, Emma Stone, an Oscar winning actress, Emma Thompson, an Oscar winning actress. You know, these characters, these actors that although they have done the parts where they're more of the, the straight acting or more of the, you know, more subdued when they get to play these iconic characters that we know from animation and pop off the screen and they really, you know, go into the fun of it. That's what makes it so enjoyable to watch. And, you know, for Emma Stone taking uh, her turn at it, uh, she is the, you know, really fun to watch in this film and you know, seeing her kind of go a little mad at times is, is a fun thing. And it kind of, I'm excited to see where they could go with that character. Um, if they, you know, keep exploring it. So, you know, who knows what they're going to do with this film series. Uh, but overall I was pleasantly surprised with Cruella minus. I felt it could have been a little shorter. Absolutely. That would be a only gripe with it. But uh, again, a great, you know, comeback with films to come back in the theater. Of course, you can see this on Premier Access Disney Plus, or you can go in theaters now. So we definitely recommend, I would say, you got to see this in theaters if you can. It's an experience you want to bring the whole family to. Uh, and I hope you did enjoy it. But that was, uh, again, our review of Cruella. And as it was this week's Potential Pick. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. 
You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.